Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Uh, mate, it's great to have you on the show. Let's start with what would have been the biggest rating game of the day. Two powerhouse organisations, two of the most followed teams uh, in the US. The Cowboys are now five and one after beating the now two and four Patriots, thirty-five to twenty-nine in OT. There's a heap of great storylines coming out of this. Dak Prescott, thirty-six of fifty-one, four hundred and forty-five yards, the most the QBs ever put on Belichick in his 22-year career. So many places we can go with this, but what stood out to you first and foremost in this OT win from the Cowboys? This is an incredible game. Five scores in the last quarter of the game, three in the last two and a half minutes. Unbelievable game. If I'm a Cowboy fan, here's what I like. Sometimes, even when you're really good, you need luck to go your way. They've had kicking problems all year long, and instead, they missed the kick that would have given the lead late, and what do they get on the next possession? A pick six by Trayvon Diggs, who's an incredible player. He's got seven interceptions through six weeks of the year. Everything is going right for the Cowboys, except one thing to keep an eye on. After the game, Dak Prescott was in a walking boot. He hurt his calf on the game-winning touchdown pass in overtime. He says it's nothing. The team says it's nothing. But everybody says it's nothing on Sunday after the game. We'll see what happens later in the week. I'll tell you what was fascinating, what happened after that interception. So, Mac Jones throws the pick six. Diggs, again, as you say, I think he's equal the record. I think it's seven interceptions in six games. Phenomenal. But the very next play, the very next drive, I loved that Mac Jones went and targeted Diggs again. So he goes back to Kendrick Bourne, slots it, just drops a dime in between the safety and uh, the the corner in Diggs. They get the touchdown. He gets the two-point conversion as well. And I thought that was a big moment for for the the Patriots because against Tom Brady, they didn't allow uh, Mac Jones to throw. They did. He gets them into a winning position. Obviously, the Cowboys come back with the field goal to send it to overtime. But the first chance they get, because they had first possession, the Patriots, they lost faith in Mac Jones again. They let him throw once in that set. They give it up. Cowboys take it down the field via Dak. Um, he, he finds C.D. Lamb for the 35-yard touchdown. We'll talk about that in a minute. But were you surprised that after they showed such faith in Mac Jones to call that play for him, to make that pass, to get him in a winning position, the moment they had first possession in overtime, they lost faith in him again and they didn't throw and they didn't go for it on fourth and three. I am really surprised because Bill Belichick is one of the more progressive thinkers when it comes to going forward on fourth down. He kind of started that before the whole rest of the league even caught up. And I don't know what it was, if he just got too busy looking at the four in the down and distance instead of the three yards. But if you're the Patriots, you've seen the way the game has gone. You've seen the way you have not been able to stop Dallas's offense all day long. Why not just try and pick up the three yards and keep the ball? I will never understand the decision to punt there. I thought it was a terrible decision. I think you're totally right. 
They didn't show any faith in Mac Jones, and it cost them in the end. Hey, uh, we're speaking to Rob Statsguerra. Hey, before we keep going, Rob, where'd the nickname Stats come from? We'll digress a little. So, okay, I was an intern at ESPN years ago, and my first job was to hand the hosts that were on the air stats from different games. That was all I had to do. And one producer walked by the studio, and they looked in, and they said, who's that kid in the studio? And somebody else said, I don't know, uh, stats. So from that point on, I was no longer Rob Guerrera, and instead I just became Stat, and nobody ever used my first name after that. <laughs> you were probably uh, meeting people who di- thought you were two different people, uh, which has happened to me, by the way, with a nickname. That's a story for another time. Um, I-, I love that story. So, Stats, with I want to ask you about the-, the-, the CD Lamb touchdown. So when he's going to cross and take the ball over, break the plane, he does. It. He, he slows down. He hangs the ball out. He makes a show of it, and then the turn. He gets shoved after. Um, after he goes over, gets up and starts to wave at the cornerback. I thought the league was cracking down on taunting this year. Now, was that or was that not a taunt? I mean, so by the letter of the law, I think you're right. By the spirit of the law. Once he, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. Once he goes over the goal line with the ball, the game is over. So can you get a penalty after the game is over? Ah. I don't think so, right? The second that ball breaks the plane, you can't, you could do whatever you want, right? Because the game ends. That's right, because the rule is first to score, first TD. Yeah, so you're you're 100% right. So technically the game has ended, but I wonder if that's something they're going to have to look at now, given that they want this rule in. I'm... I think it's a Tiggy Touchwood rule to begin with. Uh, I think we love the theatre that goes on, especially touchdown celebrations. Um, yeah, there's a, a thing about being uh, classy in victory, you know, uh, humble in victory, uh, gracious in defeat. But I wonder whether that's something they're going to have to look at now because I thought that was by their own rule. I thought, gee, that's definitely a taunt. I think you're probably right there. Uh, but I'm glad they didn't They didn't call it. Those, yeah, these taunting me too. flags are insane. It's one of the most emotional games you can possibly play. And a guy gets up and he expresses a little joy, a little emotion, and we're going to throw a flag. It's a no-fun league for me when they do stuff like that. <laughs> hey, what about Dak Prescott? So um, I'm, he's, he's fascinating, Dak. So everyone raves about his leadership, his, you know, um, his poise. He's really calm in, in the crisis and everything like that. But there is there are – and you'd know this as, as a stats man – there are – a weight of numbers that say if he starts throwing the ball more than 30 times in a game, the Cowboys tend to lose. Today, he flipped the script on that. He totally defied what the numbers told us about him. 36 of 51, 445 yards, no QBs thrown for more against a Belichick team than that. Three TDs. He did have the one interception, but the game-winning touchdown as well. Are we seeing, and this is coming off an interrupted preseason with that shoulder, which we didn't even know if he was going to get out there, what are we? What are you making of Dak Prescott with and the five and one Cowboys? I'm making a Dak Prescott's going to win the comeback player of the year award. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I forgot how good he is. He is playing like a top three quarterback in the entire league. The Cowboys defense is not good. They're not good at all. But it doesn't matter with him because he's going to put up 30 points a game, and he's showing everybody right now that he was worth the money that he got from the Cowboys. Like I said, I think he's going to win comeback player of the year. And they've already locked up the division. Like, you could just book it now. They're going to win the division because everybody else in the NFC, he stinks. 
Stats, let's go to the controversial teams and how they fed, or the teams that have found themselves in controversy over the last couple of weeks. We'll start with the Raiders. So a 34-24 win over Denver. Uh, it's their first game uh, since John Gruden was rightly shown the door and, and never to be seen again, hopefully, after what was uncovered in that seven-year email chain. Um, what did you make of that performance? Because it, it we've heard during the week that, um, that that Derek Carr was was really strong in the locker room about trying to galvanise this team. The owner is, is saying that there's a witch hunt and trying to play the victim. But the team itself, that's all you can ask uh, for a team to respond and, and respond in the way that they did. Well, as much as I want to give credit to the Raiders, because they did play well, and you're right, they got the perfect team coming in because True. I think the Denver Broncos are a complete paper tiger. They were the weakest team to start 3-0 I've ever seen. They beat the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets, the dregs of the NFL. Anytime the Broncos have played anybody good, they got their doors kicked in by the Ravens, they got beat by the Steelers, and now for the third straight game, they lose to the Raiders. So a credit to Las Vegas. They played well. They had some controversy. They overcame it. But I think Denver stinks. Uh, what about the Jags? Urban Meyer gets his first win. He's found himself uh, under the microscope as well. The talk is that he's lost the locker room. They're not happy with the way that he's coaching. And then there was the, the video that emerged of him. They go to London to get their first win at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's a 23-20 to win against an injury-riddled Miami Um does it do enough to keep the wolves from the door, or is this, again, just a Band-Aid over a, uh, a mortal wound? Well, we'll have to see. I was definitely hearing rumors that even if the Jags won, that he might not make the trip home from London. We've seen in the past a lot of times the teams are going to make a coaching change and they play in London. They usually do it after that game is over. And nobody is happier about the distraction created by John Gruden than Urban Meyer because he was the target of everybody's criticism before the John Gruden stuff happened. And, yeah, they got the win, and that's great, but I've never been an Urban Meyer fan. That locker room stuff doesn't just go away, and so we'll see how it plays out. But regardless of what happens, I don't know if Urban Meyer is back next season. Uh, it's definitely definitely a watch, and I, I think you're right. It's still a coin toss whether it even lasts uh, the full season. Hey, uh, the undefeated Cardinals. This is they are just playing. They are great to watch. The Cardinals. Kyler Murray, um, four TDs today. They're six and over the first time since 1974. Cleveland Browns, who they beat, have got some injury concerns. Maybe even Baker Mayfield as well, who went off for a, a spell. But h- how much fun are the Cardinals to watch? The Cardinals are unbelievable right now. Kyler Murray is playing at an MVP level, and let's not forget, they were without their best pass rusher in Chandler Jones because he tested positive for COVID-19, and they were without their head coach, who also had COVID-19, and they still put up 30-plus points. Arizona is absolutely rolling right now, and you know I think the people, for some reason, are still a little hesitant on them because they didn't think maybe they would be this good going into the year. But they're undefeated. It's time to start giving them a little love. Uh, we're recapping uh, week six of NFL action with Rob Statsguerra from SB Nation. Uh, it runs their NFL podcast. He's a host of that. Uh, follow him on Twitter as well. Make sure you do. It's well worth a follow. Um, Stats, what about uh, the Ravens? So uh, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. Uh, I love what he brings to the table. I love that before the season, teams were saying, oh, we figured him out. We figured him out. 
Well, even when he has a bad game, and he he's coming off a week where he played one of the greatest, um, put up one of the greatest performances we've ever seen. Certainly, his coach thought that uh, for them to get that win, the come from behind win. So they crushed the Chargers, thirty-four to six, and the Chargers had been on a tear. Uh, everybody loves Justin Herbert, so do I. Lamar had only one hundred and sixty-seven yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and they still walked all over the Chargers. Nobody made a bigger statement this week than the Baltimore Ravens. The Chargers had an argument that they were the best team in the AFC, and Baltimore just absolutely shut them down. Mm. L.A. had only 208 total yards in the entire game. Everything Baltimore did was working. They dominated on the ground. They held the ball for more than 38 minutes. And the way Lamar Jackson is playing, you know, I, I was all in on Justin Herbert, and I thought that he was good. he was my pick to win the MVP this year. Lamar is making a case for his second MVP. He's on fire right now, and that was really impressive by Baltimore. Uh, absolutely. Another team, and both those teams, uh, it, it was actually a disappointing game, wasn't it? Because have been loving what the Chargers have been doing. Um, it's important for, for not only the Chargers, but for the Rams to be getting wins, considering that every other LA team, pretty much, when you've got the Dodgers going so well, the Lakers are contending, <laughs> they're getting forgotten football, which never happens anywhere else in the country. It was a disappointing game, though, because of what we'd seen from the Chargers. But I suppose that makes the Ravens even more impressive. Yeah, you know, look, Justin Herbert, we forget. He's still a young quarterback. You know, as good as he's been, you're going to have games like this sometimes, whether it's, you know, they like to say the defense gets paid too, and he's been so amazing that we just kind of expected this sort of extremely high level of play for him, and most of the time he lives up to it. He didn't this Sunday. What's important for the Chargers now is, to make sure that this doesn't snowball, right? Everybody has a speed bump during the year. That's fine. You're not going to win every single game. But if you're the Chargers, make sure it doesn't go anywhere else after this, right? Study the film. Collect yourselves. You've got the Patriots. By the way, <laughs> the Patriots, who beat them 45-0 to last year. So there might be a little head game that they have to get over. But do what you got to do if you're L.A. and make sure this thing doesn't snowball because one loss is not going to crush you. Uh, stats, a couple more teams that I want to ask you about. There's just so many great stories, and this is what when you know you're having a really good NFL season. There's so many teams who you barely speak about year on year who are putting their name up uh, in lights. I'm going to get to a couple of those in a moment, but what did you make of Packers and Bears today? I I thought in a game where the Packers didn't really look, didn't really seem dominant, and the Bears have been a bit of a tie fire, twenty-four to fourteen, and and the biggest talking point out of it is Aaron Rodgers yelling to the crowd, "I own you!" Uh, expletive, expletive, "I own you!" I'll, con- you know, uh, and continuing on the narrative of "I own you, I own you," which when you look at the fact that they've won nine out of the last twenty-two against the Bears, it is true. But don't often see Aaron Rodgers being so truculent uh, to an opposition fan base. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is puffing out his chest for, you know, a team that beat a rookie quarterback. Like, (laughs) yeah, you won, and that's great. But, like, you beat Justin Fields and the Bears, they don't exactly have their stuff together. Now, in his defense, Green Bay is 5-1. They look like they have really just bounced back after getting destroyed by the Saints in week one. Everything seems to be rolling in Green Bay. But I was kind of surprised to see Aaron Rodgers get that demonstrative during and after the game. Apparently he said there was a woman in the crowd who was giving him the double middle fingers. And so he was uh, not happy about that. And that's sort of how that whole thing started. Jeez, he is far more sensitive than I ever thought if that's 
what got him so irate. So this is a guy who's in his mid thirties now. Has been play- How long has he been um, the starting quarterback for the Packers in sixteen a year seasons uh, plus whatever playoffs he's played? If that's all it takes to get him that upset these days, then he's become a very very sensitive individual, hasn't he? Oh, he's super sensitive. He's sensitive about being called sensitive. He got all yes. upset when someone even mentioned that he was sensitive. He, he'll take any slight, that's for sure. Hey, uh, stats, a couple more because you, you're so generous with Tom. I know it's late uh, there. Um, the Bengals. So we've got a couple more teams I want to ask you about, but one of those is the Bengals. So so often, you know, the butt of all jokes, one of those teams that, that really is um, a bit of an afterthought. They they do tend to cop a fair bit of flack if they're even spoken about at all. But Joe Burrows, I mean, I think he's their fastest quarterback ever to 4,000 yards. They're 4-2. and two. Um it's for a town that's had very little to cheer about uh, in Cincinnati. They're finally getting a team, and they've put a team on the park that they can be proud of. Cincinnati is surprised. I mean, at four and two, I definitely did not see that coming. To be honest with you, I didn't know if they'd win four games all year, but they've done it. Joe Burrow looks like the real deal if he can just play within himself and keep himself out of harm's way. Sometimes it looks like he's determined to get himself injured. If he can just stay healthy and keep throwing the ball to Jamar Chase, who looks incredible Mm. for a rookie-wide receiver, Cincinnati can do some things here. This is the part of the plan, right? You get the quarterback, you surround him with weapons. They have a bunch of good receivers in Cincinnati, and it all comes down to Burrow. But if he stays healthy, they're going to be in the mix in the AFC. Kansas City Chiefs are an interesting one, aren't they? Um, I saw, uh, I think it was a tweet of yours today, saying that maybe, just maybe, the league have figured out Patrick Mahomes, who is an out-and-out star. But they're 3-3 three and three this year. They've got major issues defensively. Um, but that was probably their best performance of the year, a 31-13 to 13 win over Washington, which, again, isn't probably a heap to brag about, although Washington's defense isn't too bad. What have you made of the Chiefs this year? You know, the Chiefs to me this year just give off this kind of vibe like we're too cool for school. Like all we have to do is just show up and other teams are going to bow down and we're just going to roll over everybody and we're going to get back to the AFC Championship game for what is it? I think it would be the fourth straight season. And that's just not the way it works in the NFL. That's just, there's too, it's too hard. There's too many things that can go wrong. Kansas City has 14 turnovers this year. That is more than anybody else in the NFL. And I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid or anybody out there. When you give the ball to the other team that often, you're going to give teams chances to win games. And they got right on Sunday, and that's great, you know, good for them. But if they don't stop turning the ball over, they're not going to win. Uh, Rams are 5-1, and one, only the second time in the last 20 years they've been that to start the season, 38-11 win uh, over the Giants. Uh, Matt Stafford was the, the, the big move made to trade him for Jared Goff, essentially. We can see um, just how little effect that's had uh, at Detroit, but Matt Stafford's had a, a great impact at the LA Rams so far. I think um, the Vegas uh, bookmakers didn't think he was going to move the needle that much, but he certainly has. I mean, 5-1 is exactly what, where they would have hoped to be. I mean, I don't know why some people were so hesitant about this. Sean McVay was winning 10 games a year with Jared Goff as his quarterback. Now this offseason, he trades for a better quarterback, right? We all agree that Mm. Matthew Stafford is at least better than Jared Goff, and people think he's going to win less games? Like, that's crazy to me. He's got 16 touchdowns on the year. 
They start slow against the Giants, and then they drop 28 points in the second quarter. I have been high on the Matthew Stafford move since it happened. I was upset that my 49ers did not get him, and this is exactly where I expected the Rams to be. Their offense just looks unstoppable right now. Uh, last one to finish up with uh, Rob Statsguerra, SB Nation. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Listen to him host the NFL podcast for SB Nation. Stats, who's the team and the offensive and defensive players that have impressed you the most so far this year, six games in? Wow. Uh, well, we talked about the Cardinals, but uh, Kyler Murray, to me, is impressive the most out of any player because I don't necessarily think that Arizona's offense is that complicated, is that great. I just think Kyler is so incredible. He's so physically gifted. There's no defense for some of the stuff he does. He'll just drop back seven or eight steps, fade away, and throw the ball up to DeAndre Hopkins, and it's a perfect, perfect pass. And maybe I'm just scarred because he just beat my 49ers a couple of weeks ago. But uh, Kyler has impressed me more than anybody else. He is on another level right now. And in terms of the teams, I'm really impressed by what Buffalo has done. You know, they started the year with the loss to the Steelers, and people were questioning Josh Allen. Is he really going to have another year? Is he that good? And they have gone out. They have not lost since then. They beat the Chiefs 38-20 to in Kansas City, Buffalo, I, was, I had questions about myself. I said I wanted to see it another year, and right now everything I have seen says they are just as good as they were last season. Yeah, four straight games by 18-plus points. They're on a tear as well. Hey, Stats, next time we speak to you, we'll talk about your 49ers. We'll talk about my Jets. Uh, we'll talk about the fact that maybe, just maybe, Adam Gase wasn't all to blame for where Sam Darnold's at in his career, although it's hard for me to say that. I do say it through gritted teeth and with much trepidation. But, mate, we've, we've had you for a, a, as long as we possibly can. Mate, thank you so much. We look forward to chatting to you again soon about all things NFL. Thank you very much. Anytime. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.